questions of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. I got out in 1989. We had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations, my fellow Skywatchers from all corners of the globe. Welcome to Skywatchers Radio on this lovely February 11th, 2015th, wherever you might be. Thank you for joining us. As usual, I am the pilot on the ship every week right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network. And, of course, on PSN Radio, we're broadcasting live from New Logic Studios down in Miami, Florida, I am Angel Espino, and with me is, as always, the guy laughing over there, the other guy. What's up, other guy? Moo-ha-ha-ha. Of course. Moo-ha-ha-ha. I'm okay. Better known as Alan Weiler. There That's right. The other guy. It's better than being the other other guy. It's like pork is the other white meat, so what's the other 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 white meat? Is that turkey you. Or, or, or lamb? Mm, that's a good question. You ever had lamb? Yeah, actually, I have. You mean you've never seen the Avengers and shawarma? No. That's... You've never seen the Avengers? Shame on you. Well, I've seen the Avengers, the movie. Well, you know they end up at the shawarma place at the end of the movie, right? Oh, well, yeah, but I wasn't yeah, but, paying attention to the shawarma. Well, the shawarma is usually lamb. It's like a lamb. Have you ever had uh-huh. a gyro? Yeah, not really, no. Or as I've pronou- seen it's gyro. It's pronounced a gyro, but, you know. Gyro, yeah. Gyro. Yeah. But knowing your crazy accent, you can't do that. You can't say gyro. I, say, I can say gyro. Okay, fine. Giant. Only only after you hear someone saying, but if you saw it in just the words, yeah, you you just say gyro. Gyro. Pretty gyro. Much. Well, I've had a gyro of a night, let me tell you. Really? Tell yeah. me more. Tell me more. Just for our listening audience, uh, everybody out there who is uh, wondering why we're on so late tonight, uh, first let me apologize to our guest, Stephen Bassett, who's going to be with us in about 10, 15 minutes, and he's going to be on for the rest of the hour with us. Uh, we've had, a, oh, I've had anyway, a very, very troubling night. On the way home, no, I didn't get abducted. That was not what happened. You I, were abducted I, no by aliens, time. and it was... No they, missing time. And they used a tractor beam on you, and the tractor beam said John Deere on it, so they must have been farming aliens? Could have been. Okay. Now, I did see a light on my way home, but it wasn't the type of light you think. It wasn't the, from a craft or anything like that. It was from a tire sensor on my car telling me, Hey, jerk, your tire just exploded. <laughs> it was great. It's okay. I think I actually saw. I don't know. I got to check the NASA website, but I believe there was a launch tonight because I saw something flying off as I was heading down to where I am now, and I'm like, "Oh, that was probably one of the lugs on my tire that blew out." Yeah, I had a, a <laughs> massive blowout tonight on my tire on the way here. I didn't think I was going to make the show tonight. In fact, I called you and I called Keith and I called uh, Steve Bassett, and I was like, uh, I, I was apologizing to Steve Bassett because I, you know, we've. We're supposed to have him on here a couple times in the last couple months, and always something comes up. It has been like the weirdest thing. We were supposed to be have him on in December, had all right. kind of issues, couldn't have him on. 
Uh, we were supposed to be on again a few weeks ago. We got a little mix up with uh, <clears throat> another person who used to be on the network, and um, we won't well, say who it is. Don't they just derailed this show <laughs> that night. Well, these things happen. And anyway, so we weren't able to have him on that night, and I, I'm, you know, I'm, I was really, really upset at having to call him and tell him, you know, Steve, uh, sorry, buddy, uh, gonna have to miss the show tonight. I just blew my tire. By the way, I was right. I just hit the Nets, NASA website. Uh, the Noah's Discover just launched today. That's what I got to see. Cool. All, All right. right. I actually got to see that from the uh, Florida. All Trump right. Park. That was that was very cool. Okay. That was very cool. Yeah, yeah. So where are you joining us tonight, other guy? I am in Port St. Lucie on my way to the Miami International Boat Show. Nice. You know, at my store, there's a gentleman who bought a car tonight, and he was actually going to the boat show tomorrow. He sells boats, and he's going to be there. Oh, cool. Ironically enough. It's a small world after all. That's what I do, folks. Sell cars. Mm-hmm. And then at night, I pretend like I do radio. By the way, um, tonight, when my tire blew out, I got to give this guy a shout-out because I, I had to stop at a, at a shopping center. Uh, to try to fix my tire, you know, and I was desperately uh, trying to find a way to get the car jacked up because my jack was broken. Yeah, but you and, just jacked up, yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, so in my attempt to try to fix this tire, this, you know, security guard came over and started, you know, talking to me and helping me out, and a really, a really nice guy, so I want to give him a shout-out for being a really cool guy tonight. Antonio, the security guard at the... Uh, public shopping center here in florida he's listening also because you know this is what i do uh if i'm in a situation where i gotta like you know start a conversation i'm gonna tell people about the show okay i'm gonna tell them about what we do you know i'm gonna i'm gonna whore out this uh, show a little bit more to, to people and and uh, he's like oh you man i'm definitely whoring gonna out tonight. this show never that's what i do that's what i do my friend on a daily basis, and uh, we gained another fan, which is a really cool thing. And uh, Antonio, shots out to him. And uh, look, uh, I'm just glad that we're going to get the show off, and we're going to have Steve ba- uh, Bassett on here, and uh, we're going to have a great time. Promise you that, guys. It's going to be a really, really good show tonight, and we're going to be on for an hour because uh, other guy over here has to be at his boat show tomorrow. Uh, so. Excuse me. Well, you could sound for the other hour. But if I'm only going to be on for the hour now, you know what? I want to do, uh, obviously, the news first, then tales from the a-hole, then, then get... Well, we're not going to have, we're not, we're not have time for uh, tales from the a-hole tonight, or blast oh. from the a-hole. No, no time for that. We're going we're gonna to be uh, a-hole-less tonight. Well, folks, if you want to call in and complain that you want to hear tales from the a-hole... It's blast from the a-holes. It's I not still like tales from the... From the well, no, it's, it's a blast from the a-hole. It's not a... What tales? They're telling us... They're giving us questions, man. It's a blast. Okay, fine. Through the a-hole. In that case, a-hole blast. In that case, we should have tales through the wormhole because that would... No, we can't it. use that because art... You know, you know, there's a whole thing there. We just can't use it. You can't use the word wormhole? No, that's arts. Okay, but we saw Wormhole Extreme on the TV show Stargate. Well, don't tell Art that. He might get mad. Okay, fine. I won't tell him. Okay, fine. Um, how about Tales of the Paradox? Well, we could do that some other time. Okay. By the way, Nancy is informing me here on Skype that she had lamb tonight. Oh, my God. All I have to say is la, 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 la. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Wrong show. Why you got to go there? Yeah, why Why got to be racist what? like that? I, I, I wasn't cool. being racist, but a, a lot of men, most – there's a lot of – Ask her the question of, was it a Middle Eastern or an American dish? 
Well, she's listening, so I'm sure she'll well, answer me. Nancy, I'm sure you'll answer. Uh, you know, my whole thing is, is most of the time I've ever had lamb is when I'm having a Middle Eastern dish. By the way, everybody who uh, was listening to the last hour, the first hour at 10 o'clock, and uh, you were hearing Alejandro with us, uh, that, of course, is all pre-recorded. Uh, we were supposed to have on that show, the second hour was going to be with Robert Morningstar. So if you're tuning in and you're like, wait a second, where's Robert Morningstar? Remember that, folks, that was a replay. Uh, because we would, honestly, we didn't know if we were going to make it on tonight. Uh, but as soon but as I got did. home, I, but we did. As soon as I got home, I, I was like, you know what? Got to put on a show. Because the show must always go on, even if, if it's an hour late. Always must go on. Absolutely. Besides, I'm Cuban. I'm used to being an hour late. Just the way we are. I am not going to be racist and crack a joke. Well, that's not being racist. Cubans are not a race. Oh, well, uh, yeah, you're right. Okay. It's a nationality. You're right. Exactly. See what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. I'm Completely different. You can be a bigot, but not a racist. Well, you know that song from Avenue Q, Everyone's a Little Bit Racist? That's I true, too. I love that song. I just love that song. It's such a great song. Now, Nancy says, um, you see, oh, Nancy's volunteering to do the second hour with me if I, if I decide to go another, another hour tonight. Oh, cool. Well, we could get uh-huh. her. Well, maybe I could. If she's going to be on, maybe I can stay on oh, a little bit. Oh, now more. you want to stay on the second hour. Well, we, we the three of us just have real, some, real, real fun conversations. No, no, no. You know what it is? It's Nancy Burns. So, of course, you're going to be like, oh, well, Nancy's going to be on. Pfft. Oh, yeah, with her smile. Oh, yeah, I'm going to stay on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Of course, because it's a world-famous Nancy Burns. Exactly. And I'm just the the semi-famous other guy with a face for radio. Right. Well, that's definitely what you are, the other guy with a face for radio. Exactly. But, uh, you know, we we are going to get Steven on here in about uh, eight minutes, nine minutes. We do have a couple of news uh, items that we wanted to get to, some news stories. What do you want to hit first? Recently. Uh, I don't know. You came up with a doozy, man, so I'm going to let you go first. Which one do you want? To me, the doozy was... What is the new software that people are using uh, called the UFO detector software that actually uses your uh, web camera, your laptop camera, any camera that's plugged into a computer to analyze everything that's going on in the sky. It's actually really, really cool. I don't know if I like this idea, though. Why? I mean, it takes over your computer, your cameras, everything. Well, it, 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 I guess it's like SETI searching for signals, but instead right. of but them using... Why do they need your camera, though? Hang on, let me answer that, and I will. Okay, go ahead. Okay? It's, Explain. Instead of using a giant radio dish collecting all the data, it's using your cameras that are pointing towards the sky to look for anomalies in the sky. And all that information is collated, and if something is not considered or shaped like a plane or a bird or a bug, it gets dumped to their database system that's some type of artificial you know, AI kind of a thing. And uh-huh slides it off for it to be reviewed for even more information. And uh, the funny part is is that they've actually had a couple of different things show up. And I'm like, this is actually really cool. Uh, the program is called the UFO Detector. And it ta- it, you, know, it lo- it, you just take your, you know, if you take an old computer with an old webcam and just point it at the sky outside of your house, let's see what it catches. Interesting. I'm surprised, no, I'm surprised nobody's complaining about this because, you know, when Facebook uh, takes your information, everybody's, you know, what information is it taking? It's taking a picture of the sky, man. It's not taking your information. 
I understand that, but it's still connecting to your computer. You know, that's uh, I don't know. Dude, everything is connected weird, to your computer right now. Okay. This is true. You know, soon there's going to be soon there's going to be the netless net. Okay, it's coming. What the netless net? You know, I've read something about that the other day. Yeah. Yeah, that's he's not even kidding about that. He, no, I'm not. Tell, us, tell me a, bit, a little bit about that. Well, so the whole premise of the netless know. net is is where there's going to be so much interconnectivity between the things that we use and the things that we do that the net is really just going to be so seamless with everything around us that basically everything is going to be integrated and connected on the internet immediately. Like it's just going to be connected. Yeah. Basically, what electricity was in the early 1900s only some people had it then more and more people had it and now we take it for granted that's what's going to happen now is it going to go up in price or is it going to be free or who the bleepity bleep knows i got no clue that's the question now there was somebody famous who came out recently and said and talked about this Uh, i saw an article about this about a week ago do you know what i'm talking about no i don't but i'm sure you're going to tell me it was, no, I, don't, I can't remember the dude's name, but it was somebody from NASA who came out and talked about it. I, I'd have to look up the article, but oh, okay. uh, it was maybe like a week ago they talked about this very same thing, so it's funny you bring it up. Uh, if I can find it and dig it out later, I'll, I'll link it on our page or something on Skywatcher's uh, radio on Facebook. Okay. Uh, so, that, I mean, it, look, it's a cool concept. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, anything that helps SETI, I guess. But look, how long has SETI been around? Well, this isn't for SETI. This is actually for, you know, just, you know, MUFON-ish type of a... Database. Also, this is not connected to SETI. In other words, no, 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 no. Oh, because SETI has something very similar where they, you know, they have your computer. That's what I was just saying. SETI, what they are yeah. doing is taking all the signals that they're getting from one satellite right. and, your and using all your computers. This is the total opposite. We're using everybody's computers and their cameras to collate anything flying in the air. Well, interesting stuff. Yes, it's a cool it's- idea. That's By the way, idea. folks, if you guys have a comment, don't forget, you can actually call us and comment before we get on the phone with uh, anybody that's about to get on with us. So please call, and the number is... 786-245-8127. That's As always, that's west of the Rockies, east of the Rockies, north and south of the equator, and even in Poland. You can call that number. Okay, and you can yeah, go right to the, and it's good at the North Pole as well too. But the problem yes. is, just not inside the whole hollow Earth. That, no, no. yeah, we, we don't get cell service there. I know it's terrible. It is horrible. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Dennis Crenshaw, by the way, who's disappeared. <laughs> really, the hollow Earth. Oh man, vanished that he, guy. Uh, he, did he really like drop off the planet again? Com- well, completely. I have, I have no idea what's going on with Dennis. Was he supposed to be going on a trip there? I don't know if he was. Uh, he didn't tell me, but I think he made it because he's fallen in the hole. All right, he just—he's vanished. He's just gone. He's gone. Gone, baby, gone. Right. But shout-outs to him, the right. Hollow Earth Insider himself, Dennis Crenshaw. All right, there's another story you wanted to get to, uh, wasn't there? Uh, I don't know. You tell me what else here? was I looking at? Uh, let me see. Faked flying saucers, serious business. Oh yeah, yeah. That that was an interesting uh, article that I was seeing. Um, if you want, I'll read it, or you want to tell people. Well, it's a, yeah, it's a, I'll read it real quick. It's, a, it's one of the oddest stories in UFO history. It's also one of the least known and long forgotten. It's the weird saga of an actor who never quite made the big time. Con! Oh, I'm but who produced a less than great movie on UFOs and got him into major problems. None other than uh, U.S. Air Force welcomed the bizarre tale of Mikhail Conrad. And the flying saucer. Now, who's Mikhail Conrad? Tell me about this. Do you know I this have, guy? I have, I don't know who he is. 
okay, is or who he was. Bo- he was born in Ohio in 1919, so the the dude's old. Right. Been around for a while. He's, yeah, he's an older older gentleman. Right. Mikhail Conrad was an actor who appeared in approximately two dozen movies between 1947 and the late 1950s. Yeah, and a couple with Abbott and Costello, too, which was actually... Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. He says, most of, uh, most of which were and are forgettable, downright crummy, to be exact. Uh, this included uh, 1952's Untamed Woman, which, by its title alone, should have, been, should have made for a great exercise in viewing. But, fortunately, it does not. And it says, I can assure you that it does not. But it's the flying saucer which hit the cinemas in the 1950s that we need to focus on here. Not only was Conrad the star of this priceless piece of UFO, Hookum. 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 Yeah, I haven't read that word in like two decades. But it's pronounced Hookum. Like Hookum. You know, it's a bad version I had a little, of Hocus Pocus. I had a little no. phlegm in my throat, sorry. Hookum. Hookum. That's like the Hebrew version. Hookum. But he also produced okay, it. Okay, now you want to go racist it. now? Come on. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not a race either, man. That's not a race. Uh, actually, well, you know, it, nope, it all depends. That's not. Well, you know, that's a whole. No, the discussion. the real Jewish race died thousands of years ago. Wiped well, off. No, the no, face no. Of hold on, hold on, hold on. You want to get into this? Jew Judaism is a faith and a exactly. religion, right. not a nationality or a okay? race. You know, now if you were Israeli. You know, and there you are Jewish Israelis and Arab yeah. Israelis. That's a nation. Right. Now, well, any, any religion where you can have Cubans in, it's not a race. Right. I've, I know people that are Jubans. Yeah, yeah. I have a couple of Jubans in my uh, family. Oh, okay. To be fair. Okay. Good Thank people. you for being fair. Good people, the Jubans. Yep. All right. So they people call in if you want to have some <laughs> hate mail towards uh, Angel there. Uh, there you go. Don't forget if you want to give out the... If you're a Jubin, please call 786-245-8127. If you hate Jubins, please call 786-245-8127. Now, we're going to be going on break here in a couple minutes, but uh, just to uh, finish the story off, there's not only yeah, was please. Conrad the star of this priceless piece of UFO Hook'em, but he also produced, directed, and co-wrote it. It tells the story of a man named Mike Trent, played by Conrad, who takes flight to Alaska to help the U.S. Secret Service agent investigate reports of local UFO activity. Of uh, a particular concern, the encounters are apparently of the deep interest to pesky Russian agents who are prowling around. Yes, they must find Ooh. the vodka. The, they must uh, the find Russians. They must find the evil the, Russians. The vodka. Yes, yes. Now, Conrad, as the man behind the movie, personally ensured that the uh, aforementioned agent was played by a hot babe. She was the actress Pat Garrison. Wait, isn't Pat Garrison the guy from uh, South Park, Mr. Garrison? I don't think so. Uh, Well, his name is Garrison. He took on the role of the Secret Service uh, V. Langley, as uh, Trent Langley, uh, clearly the Mulder and Scully of their day, investigated uh, what a foot... Really? What's a foot? Who writes this? I have no idea who does. <sighs> By the way, speaking of Mulder and Scully, you know they're trying to reboot the X-Files. Yeah, 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 yeah. We talked about that, I think, already. Oh, we did? Okay. Yeah, okay Sorry, lack of sleep syndrome does this to me. One. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so, well, well, let me finish. It investigates uh, what's afoot in the skies of Alaska. They learned something that was definitely not anticipated. The Russians are not in the scene to uncover the truth about the alien visitations into the Earth after all. Rather, the flying saucers are there being seen and, uh, and astounding. Uh, the population or the populace... In, in the process. They're actually creations of the American scientist who is determined to sell his invention. And, and well, that's funny, actually. They're uh, the creation of an American scientist. So this movie, what, they're uh, 
Have you seen this movie, by the way? No, I haven't. So why did you bring this article towards to me, man? Why, Be- why because, read this? Because I found this really fascinating when I did read. How is this article. fascinating? It's a stupid movie about an alien ship that doesn't exist. But it was big business, and it probably will be again. And probably the reason why a lot of people say flying saucers are real from the 1950s, huh? Who knows, you know? All I know is that... I mean, was this movie even popular back then? I believe it was, actually. It was one of these B-movies that were, you know, when you saw the creature double features in the drive-in movie theaters. So, in other words, nobody saw this but you? No, I wasn't around in 1950. Oh, I beg to differ. Hey, what are you saying, Sonny? Old Man River over here. It's like the I flying remember, saucer. I wonder if I can get I this on uh, Netflix. Roswell happened. Pepperidge Farm remembers. You caused Roswell. <laughs> you no, know, you let one go, and then the ship crashed. Now the flying saucer. I wonder if I can get this on Netflix. This movie. Probably or Hulu. Streaking out of the unknown comes a strange new terror: the flying saucer. Well, I think there's a trailer for it uh, as a YouTube trailer in that uh, article as well. Mikhail Conrad. I'm going to post this later if anybody wants to check it out over on our Facebook page. Uh, so if you guys want to look at that, it's, uh, of course, on Facebook. Just look up Skywatchers Radio. Uh, also, follow us on uh, Twitter, Skywatchers Show, right on Twitter. Hashtag Skywatchers Radio. That's right, hashtag. on Twitter. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Uh, this hashtag phenomenon is crazy, isn't it? Hashtag Skywatchers Radio, hashtag DM Talk, hashtag uh, PSN Radio. Hashtag hashtags. Ask Me If I Care. Yeah, hashtag other guy, huh? Yeah, yeah, funny man, funny. We're gonna make we're gonna make that one popular, other guy. Really? Okay, I, I believe you. Okay. All right, all right. Uh, you know, hey, I, I I wish you were right. You know that I'm the hashtag other guy. Yeah, that's it. You are the hashtag other guy. That's you. That's all you, baby. That's I all know. you. I know. Hey, I know. We're gonna go to a quick commercial break now because uh, we're heading into the. Uh, First, uh, yeah, the first segment is almost over here, and we got Stephen Bassett waiting to come on the show. It's been a strange night, folks. So please stick with us. We're gonna have a great show. I promise. Even though it's been kind of weird so far. Again, if you're uh, waiting for uh, Robert Morningstar, hey, you're SOL. He's not gonna be on tonight. But we have uh, we have Steve Bassett on, and uh, he's also a phenomenal person to listen to. So please stick around. This is Skywatchers Radio on one of the worst days ever because my tire blew out. Well, these things happen. Indeed. We'll be back, everybody. Hopefully, a little happier. Yes. James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth-oriented discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network live at 8 p.m. Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly, CapricornMembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic. Truth is truth. The UFO.
dreadful phenomenon either we like it or not is already very much part of our reality. I've been on panels with uh, military people who, you know, claim that they've seen the aliens buzzing our missile silos. They have very large eyes and, you know, I found their stare extremely difficult to bear. This is Martin Willis, the host of Podcast UFO, and we are here on the Dark Matter Radio Network every Wednesday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is my commitment to bring you an entertaining weekly show that takes a hard look at the UFO phenomena. Are they extraterrestrial? Well, are they interdimensional? Are they time travelers or something we have not even thought of yet? We explore these questions with interesting guests and witnesses from all around the globe. In addition, we bring you weekly UFO news with Open Minds TV, Alejandro Rojas. Thank you for listening, and remember, keep your eyes to the sky. Hello, my name is Howard Hughes, and I'm in London, and I've been proud to bear this name all my life. Over here in the UK, I'm known as a broadcast journalist. I've been involved in some of the big stories of our time, the fall of the Berlin Wall, the death of Princess Diana, I told London about that. And on the first and second anniversaries of 9-11, I was there at Ground Zero, speaking to the people who were directly involved and those experiences I will never forget. So news is my thing. But my great love is my show, the one that I produce, The Unexplained. Over the years on this show, I've spoken to people like the late Al Bielik from the Philadelphia Experiment, Edgar Mitchell, the amazing Apollo astronaut, Dr. Stephen Greer, David Icke, and Uri Geller. People like Richard C. Hoagland have become personal friends over the years. I met him in London. So you can see that these sort of topics are what I like to discuss. Please join me on my show from London, The Unexplained, Monday nights on the Dark Matter Network. Hi, this is Solaris Blue Raven with Hyperspace on Dark Matter Radio. Tune in on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for an intriguing show pertaining to covert technology, UFOs, paranormal, mysticism, and spirituality. everybody we're back live on the dark matter radio network this is sky watchers radio and again open lines for our guest tonight mr steve bassett who's going to be with us for the rest of the hour and if you guys want to call in and talk to him ask him any questions please do so 786-245-8127 is our number and uh, we expect you guys to be please make your questions absolutely fascinating 
That's all I ask. That's all I ask. Now, Stephen, my friend, how are you? How you been? It's been a while since we've had you on. Of course, we've had uh, difficulties getting you on this show, and it's been really just uh, one weird situation after another. And tonight, I unfortunately thought we were going to run into another brick wall, but thankfully we're here, and you're here, and the audience is listening, and it's a huge crowd listening tonight. And thank you for being on the show tonight, my friend. Oh, yeah, I'm glad we finally connected up. I'm sure we'll never have those kind of problems in the future, but... uh... You know, it's wild and crazy. Uh, uh, there's uh, so much media, so many internet shows, and and uh, uh, it's it's tricky. And I sometimes get crossed up, but uh, I've been. You guys have been having me on for an awful long time. You've been very supportive, and I appreciate it. Yeah, we've been. Right, we're here we've actually, you. you and I have been doing uh, shows uh, for like, like at least five years now, maybe a little yeah. bit longer. Uh, you know, See, I think had it's longer than that. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time, and you know I've said it many times. You're really one of the, uh, the my favorites here on the show uh, to have on. That's why you're you know always welcome to uh, to come on here and and uh, give us an update of what you're working on and what's happening in uh, in your world. Uh, now, of course, a few weeks ago you were on the station and you kind of gave the audience a little brief update. Uh, for those who weren't listening, though, uh, can you uh, tell us exactly what is new with Steve Bassett and what you're uh, you're working on right now? Well, we're a couple months into the congressional hearing initiative. Right. Which, uh, the goal of which is to to get the first hearings uh, for the witnesses, what we call military agency political witnesses, to to testify regarding the extraterrestrial presence issue. And I'm not talking about a couple of SETI people going in front of a committee and talking about microbes that might be in space somewhere. I'm talking about right. he's here. The real issue. There hasn't been a hearing like that since '68, so we're trying to get trying to get hearings for that. We're about two months into it. Um, we had a social media campaign that ran for two months. It generated over a million messages to the Hill, to Capitol Hill, letting them know we're coming. We got a couple articles in the Washington Times about all about it, uh, one in early November, another one in January. So I think there's quite a few people on the Hill that know what we're trying to do. Um, we, uh, of course, sent the citizen hearing on disclosure, DVD record, the video record of those 30 hours of testimony to every office. Every office got that. There's been a number of press releases, um, and um, we're starting to approach, we're, we've been approaching the mainstream media. 160 offices, uh, 160 member offices uh, relating to seven committees, which are very uh, pro- appropriate, uh, most likely com- uh, um, committees, rather, to, uh, to hold the hearings, have received verbal requests to meet. And then 70, 70 uh, members of five of uh, the most appropriate committees, including the two intelligence committees and the two science and space committees, have received faxed requests to meet. Uh, uh, and actually, they've received two faxed requests to meet. So that's uh, that's underway. Hey, Steve, uh, let me ask you a question, if I can. Do yeah. you think before this happens, do you think it's time to redo the Brookings report? No, no. The Brookings report was a one-off. It was put together back in the But 60s. it puts humanity in such a poor light coming to terms with the acceptance. Yeah, but look, but look when it was written, though, Alan. That's I mean, what I'm saying. Isn't it time to redo it? Isn't it time for a rewrite? To redo it, you'd have to have a government study, you know, authorized by the government to assess uh, the impact of extraterrestrial life, and they're not going to do that. But, but no, the, exactly. The, the fact is that there's been now a number of conferences 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll call them astrobiology conferences, a couple by the Vatican, one by the Royal Society, uh, and other symposiums addressing the uh, impact of extraterrestrials being found, as well as some documentaries. So that actually it's been fully vetted way since then. That, that's that's kind of like a ancient thing that is part of the truth embargo, part of the propaganda they did. It's all been pretty much superseded. No one really believes that anymore. I say few, much fewer people believe the bookings report conclusion that we could not as a society handle. You know, well, that's what I'm saying. I think it's time to prove to them that we could accept that information. Well, I mean, the only way to really truly prove it is to have disclosure and find out. That's what I'm saying. Uh, if we create a new Brookings report that talks about saying, yeah, I think humanity could handle that realization, well, maybe it's time that if they had that. Yeah, report, but here's the thing. If they, they, they want to keep their. Yeah, but Alan, if, if they want to keep their status quo of like, well, we don't know anything, there's nothing going on, if they start doing things like that, people are going to be like, well, then there is something going on. They do know something. They're, they're hiding. This is why they're doing this now. And then the more people are going to start talking about it that they don't want to talk about it. Sometimes you, when, when you just want to you know, let people. You know, have their 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 fantasies and their dreams or whatever they think is going on. Let them have it, especially if they want to keep quiet on what really is going on. I mean, Stephen, am I hitting the right notes on that? Well, the point is that what would a new Brookings report be? Well, to be a new Brookings report, it would have to be a new study done by, uh, 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 commissioned by NASA, uh, by the Air Force. To research the whole idea of an extraterrestrial. Does it need to be commissioned by them, or can someone else do it? Or can Uh, someone else commission someone? Well, I mean, an independent organization could do it. A study like this would cost many thousands of dollars. I certainly don't have that kind of money, so it would have to be some organization willing to spend that kind of money. And if it wasn't an organization highly regarded, it would just be one more, it'd just be another viewpoint being put out. I mean, if the Academy of Sciences were to do it, it would be interesting. Of course, they might just come up with the answer that, yeah, well, we're still not ready. Um, <laughs> the, the point is that, I think the point I'm trying to make is is that we've, we've already passed all that. We're way past that. Uh, we're way past the, uh, the having to prove the ET presence. It's been proven many times over. We're way past uh, questioning whether we can handle that truth. Uh, Obviously, we can. Millions of people already know it's true. We've had hundreds of movies about ETs. You can't turn anywhere in Hollywood without running into somebody with an ET project. Uh, the whole idea of extraterrestrial is now ubiquitous in the world. There have been polls around the entire planet. Ipsos did a poll on the entire world, 36 countries. Uh, 20% of the world's people, that would be about uh, 1.5 billion, believe that ETs are already living amongst us. And so we're way past the, the issues that were raised back in the 60s and the 70s. The only issue that's really to be resolved is not the presence of ETs, not that there's been a truth embargo. No, know that. Uh, the only issue is well, we ending, know that, the, truth, but not the, ending the truth embargo. Does. What now? I was going to say, you and I and most of us listeners know there's been an embargo, but not the real mainstream public knows that, you know, the truth I, I, I got to disagree. The, the, the public has been polled mm-hmm. repeatedly on this issue. And one of the key questions is that you believe the government, what the government is telling you about the ET issue. And 85 to 90% say no. Right. 
And so if 90% believe the government well, is not telling yeah, the truth, right. by definition, they are acknowledging there's the truth in Parco. Oh, I'll tell you what, I've had conversations with your regular average folks in, you know, in my line of business during the day, and uh, you know, when the subject comes up, I tell you what, you'd be surprised how many people are completely on board with believing that you know, aliens are real and the government's hiding stuff. And I'm talking about regular folks that don't even listen to Art Bell or our shows or anything you know, of this nature, but just you know, regular, even religious folks are completely on board with this thing. I mean, a lot more people are, are aware that something's going on. Yeah, oh, but absolutely. you're just talking about in the States. I'm talking about on a global level. No, on a global scale. Global I mean, I, I, look, this type of show is not just popular in America. The shows that, like, the type of show we do is worldwide. Not only our show, obviously, you know, we're on, on the internet. Anybody in the world can listen, but no, no, I you, agree. you have a lot of shows in Europe that talk about this also. And, the, and this subject is a very popular subject worldwide. And it's been so for many, many, many years. I mean, from the Jerry Pippins of the world to Art Bell to, you know, all the other hosts who's been around for the last 20, 30 years who have been talking about this subject. Steve Bassett has been on coast with Art and Nori and all these other folks and, this, and other people who have talked about this on AM radio. I mean, this is not something that is brand new to the public, Alan. No, I understand, but the question is the acceptance of it. It's, uh, what can I say? Uh, the only, uh, look, there's only one, the, the, the fundamental problem that prevents the resolution of this issue is that the government of the United States, with the cooperation of its allies, post-World War II allies, for national security reasons, underwent a highly, well, a highly funded, very intensely pursued effort to contain this issue, to deny it, to refuse to acknowledge it, to undermine research, to create ridicule, disinformation, and completely muddy the waters so that it could not be resolved what, and for reasons that they viewed as a matter of national security. This was a major project. It was not trivial. It wasn't just something they did on the side for a joke. They spent millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars on the truth embargo. Their allies cooperated with it. The Soviet Union and Red China went along with it for their own ideological reasons. And so we went through 60-some years, and we're now in the 68th year of this emperor's new clothes situation. And that is extraordinary. There's almost nothing in extent in the world today with respect to the facts, with respect to the truth, Unless one wants to include religion, those who, those who are atheists, staunch atheists, who absolutely are convinced that there is no such thing as God, would claim that in the case of religion, you have had people that have been fed malarkey for several thousand years, and that is, in a sense, a kind of truth embargo, but even that doesn't really equal to what we're talking about. Uh, what we're talking about is a government interference directly in the truth process, preventing investigation, preventing proper research, preventing funding, preventing teaching of it, preventing political engagement of it, even though there are huge political implications. So the government stands directly between us and the truth of this matter. That is the problem. That is what it all has come down to. As I've said you know, years ago, it's not about lights in the sky anymore. It's about lies on the ground. We have to resolve the lies on the ground before we're ever going to resolve the lights in the sky, or at least get to the, uh, the, the, the nut of it all. Uh, and that's, now, not everybody gets that. Look, 
there, most people know the government's not telling the truth. That's not the same thing as, as, as really understanding in full the truth embargo. The truth embargo is a highly complicated, very extensive program. It, if you really want to get it, you've got to spend some time. It's not enough just to sort of know it. So, yeah, there aren't a lot of people out there that can, that can talk truth embargo uh, in the way that I can or Richard Dolder can or Grant Cameron can or a number of other the research activist types. But they, get, they sort of know. Right. And they've also learned over the years that the government's lied about a lot of other things. And so they've embargoed the truth in other areas. Uh, and we're paying a heavy price for this. They know that, too. Can I ask they you a question? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think they're doing an embargo on the truth on, you know, the Bigfoot or another, you know, you know Bigfoot, the Yeti or other, you know, other hominids or cryptozoology? Oh. Hmm. Do you think that? I don't think so. Not, not hmm. a government. I think I think that the. Uh, Anthropology and the various sciences are going to be just normally resistant to any uh, unusually exotic ideas. Uh, that's always been the case. And that's not the same thing as the truth embargo. There's a rem- there's a possibility. I don't consider it large that some of these quote um, uh, cryptozoological phenomena that have been talked about may have an ET connection. And if there's an ET connection, then it might be on, you know, the truth embargo might take, take that into consideration. All right, uh, all right. That's but it's answer. not critical. I mean, you know, these, these cryptozoological things are not critical really to the issue at hand, which is we need to acknowledge that there are interstellar, faring, intelligent beings uh, engaging our planet and our people. Uh, and have been for at least 68 years, if not 68,000. So that's the key issue. There's a thousand side issues, uh, side dishes to this uh, entree, but it's that fundamental issue that that has to be resolved, and that's where all the focus is, is certainly with with my work. Stephen, do you think that... You know, dealing with uh, you know the whole alien phenomenon. Do you think there's a possibility that a lot of it is from Earth itself? The you know from our past, maybe beings that lived here and just uh, split off of the planet at some point in the uh, evolution of the planet, and then they came back. Is that a possibility at all? Because I mean, the distances from planet to planet is such you know so great uh, that that almost seems more logical. Do you think that you know if we were to find out that that was what was going on, that would be might be a little bit more traumatizing than actual aliens from another world in another galaxy somewhere? Uh, well, first of all, the, the, relative, the relativistic speed barrier is, will shortly be understood to be circumventable. Uh, it's starting to emerge out of our own physics, and the evidence for the extraterrestrial presence is that they are technological entities from other planets. The speed uh, barrier is based on gravity. If you neutralize gravity, the speed barrier changes. Well, it's a little more complicated than that, but I mean, relativity, relativity refers to certain aspects of time and space. And, 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 and if you limit yourself strictly to the set of variables that are examined through relativistic theory, then getting from one time start of system to another is, is damn near impossible. However, if you expand... Uh, out further and take in more variables, more aspects of the physical universe, including time and space, you start to sense, and we're already starting to see that, that in fact there's ways to move 
which uh, are perfectly uh, doable in our world and do not have the problems that are raised within the relativistic set of variables. Uh, and obviously it's true because these ETs couldn't get here. Now, as far as spinning off and so forth, no, I don't have any confidence in that. I do, however, have a deep suspicion that human beings have genetic connections uh, to off-planet intelligences uh, and off-planet life because if you are star-faring, meaning if you can move from planet to planet, then you are capable of taking material, including life material, from a planet and moving it to another planet, just like we have done in our own planet for a very long time. We sail ships to another continent. We grab plants right. and animals and bring them back. And I believe that that has been going on. I think there's genetic connections. And then even more dramatically, I have a hunch, just a hunch, that human beings, just regular old human beings, have been taken from this planet and allowed to develop elsewhere uh, into what would be an advanced civilization. So we may have we may have uh, humans out there that have developed off the planet only because they've been taken off the planet and possibly even genetically enhanced. This is getting to advanced stuff, very advanced stuff, which I assure you I have no desire to bring to the attention of the members on the Hill. But, uh, <laughs> you know... Uh, that's some of the more fascinating possibilities that we may learn in a post-disclosure world, which is absolutely extraordinary and very, uh, very positive, very, very uh, interesting and exciting. Um, but again, all of that is denied us, mm-hmm. including the technologies they've been reverse engineering and studying for decades. Uh, all of that is denied us because this truth embargo is still in place. And it is still the policy of the United States. It's not in law, because obviously you can't put it in law, because there's nothing there. Once you've denied the existence of the entire thing, you can do nothing formal about it in the public domain. So the whole thing is hidden, and it turns out a lot of other stuff is hidden. And so we've got this massive underground kind of basement to the House of State that's now got a thousand floors and stretches out in all directions, and you can't get down there. The door is locked. Uh, even if you're a member of Congress or the head of a committee, uh, it has its own own sort of set of rules. It it it, uh, it gets its funding through uh, unacknowledged methods, black budgets. It's a mess. It's starting to stink down there. There's weird noises coming from down there, and we have to get down and clean it up. Uh, there's only one way down there, and that's through the disclosure door. Uh, ending the truth embargo on ET presence, and then uh, galvanizing the attention of billions of people uh, on it would the be a nice thing world. to see that happen. It would truly be a nice thing to see that happen. It would. Uh, God, yes. Um, Steve, have you seen the the film uh, The Mirage Men? Have you seen it yet? You know, I haven't. I definitely am going to get to it. Uh, I know it's. it's I'm going to have to watch it online. Maybe Netflix. I know there's a lot of stuff in that movie I'm going to be irritated by, but it's okay. <laughs> well, uh, what do you think of the story in this movie? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the basic concept of what they're talking about in the film. Which uh, story are you trying to? The the, uh, the you know the the Dotty uh, story that they the government planted evidence and uh, he was part of the, the whole planting of the evidence uh, to get I forget the gentleman's name that they went crazy and uh, killed himself. Oh, the Benowitz case. The Benowitz. There you go. Paul yeah, Benowitz. Well, look, basic Richard Doty. If his story is true, and I have a sense that it is. I've been following it for years. It's simply, and it's un, you know, it's interesting that he has done this. 
and and not too many other people have. I'm not sure if there's another equivalent to him, but he is someone that was directly involved in the formal disinformation truth and right. program, working out of the Air Force Office's uh, special investigations called AFOSI. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, he has basically talked about it. My guess is he was told to. He was given the green light. I mean, there's, there's. Oh, there's no doubt about that. He has to. I mean, he could not have, you know, started this on his own with, you know, without any assistance from the government. I mean, the, at some point, somebody in the government told him, "Hey, we need you to do this to Paul Benowitz and others who believe yeah. in this subject." I'm not talking about what he did when he was working for Fossey. I'm talking about the fact that he's come out later and talked about it. Right, right, right. That is a bit unusual. And my hunch is he was given the green light to do that uh, because this whole. This whole history, this whole 68 years, is so complicated. You've got disinformation and misinformation being put out. At the same time, you've got real information being put out, uh, sort of a drip effect, a drip-drip effect, where they're, at the same time, they're trying to undermine any coalescence of, of, of understanding amongst the people, but they're also trying to give the people a heads up to sort of what's coming, an acclimatization program of sorts. And you know, this is all happening with various people at various times. And you've got the general public jumping in with their own uh, contributions, running from you know hard research to complete and total fabrications and everything in between. It's an absolute mess. And, and, and that's why it's not a good thing. Because, I mean, if we ran our society across the board that way, including our scientific projects. We couldn't do anything. We certainly couldn't go to the moon. We'd be lucky if we can get out of bed in the morning and get to bed at night. It would be chaos. But in this particular area, the government has decided that chaos is acceptable uh, if it means that the extraterrestrial reality will be withheld and not dealt with in an open way for X amount of time. And the only question is how long is too long. Uh, I believe the the uh, the embargo should have ended shortly after 1992. So we're about 20 years now too long. Others would disagree. They're welcome to that opinion. Uh, I have spent 18 years thinking about this and watching it, and I'm, I've got a pretty good sense now of how much damage this truth embargo has done, how many lives it's cost, how much money it's cost, how much it's held us back. Uh, and almost incalculable uh, unintentional consequences that are starting to ripple out through American society as it starts to slowly unravel. In case anybody isn't noticing, uh, it is. I think, I think it's. Apart. I think it's time. Instead of having the doomsday clock, we should actually put together the dis- disclosure clock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait a minute, guys. I did that. The paradigm clock published there in you 1999. Go. Uh, that clock, midnight, was disclosure. Now, I haven't serviced that, that uh, particular uh, project in a while. And it's, it's, of course, still up on my website. By the way, if you go to paradigmresearchgroup.org, very top page, you click on it, you click on the graphic, and it'll take you right to full updates about the Congressional Hearing Initiative. You can see everything that's going on. Um, and, 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 of course, you can also enter the, the paradigm clock site itself, um, and you can find the paradigm clock, I mean the paradigm research group site itself, and then you can find the paradigm clock. I need to bring that back up uh, again. I need to fill it in. It was a big project, and I just sort of got a little tired of it. But the fact is that paradigm clock has not struck midnight, and we haven't had disclosure. Interestingly enough, 
about, uh, I don't know, two weeks ago, the bullet of atomic scientists moved the doomsday clock. Right, that's why it came to mind for me. That's yeah. that's why the whole thing came to mind for me. So Yeah, they moved it to three minutes to midnight. Why? Because there's still 25,000 nukes, including stockpiled weapons in the world, in about seven, eight countries' hands. Uh, you've got still quite a few of them on launch capability. You've got a more chaotic world. Uh, you've had some unbelievably bad policies from governments over the last 25 years, uh, many of which were by the United States. Uh, you've got a breakdown in, in uh, social contracts around the world, uh, which is starting to spiral out of control. And uh, there is and always has been uh, a significant uh, likelihood that a nuclear weapon of one degree or another is going to get in the hands of completely rogue groups, if it hasn't happened already. And there are quite a few people that think it has. And so somebody sets off a nuke, and then there's an overreaction, and who knows? So what the balloon atomic scientists saying, no, we're not safe yet. You know, we, we, the Cold War, we damn near blew ourselves up. We, we sort of wrapped that up, but rather than get our act together starting in 92, we've continued to do one goddamn stupid thing after another, after another, after another, uh, and, and, and continued to operate as if it was 1650 or 1220 or 1930. Uh, we just haven't figured it out that we can no longer operate the way we have in the past, given the circumstances of the modern world. Things that were done in, in yes. 2000 B.C. can't be done today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're running out of time. Uh, we're, we, we've got to make a major shift. The disclosure event represents that shift, and the government still can't let it go. And my job, as it turns out in life, uh, is to help resolve the problem. Um, Stephen, how, how much is that? How much is that the government's fault, though, that they're not letting it go? Or, I mean, if, if there is a government behind the government pulling the strings, and the actual government itself that we know of, you know, the, the visible government. How much of that is their fault? I like the way you say that, the visible government. Uh, well, let me put it this way: I, I don't, I don't see things quite that simply. I, uh, there is plenty of power in the hands of the visible government, whether it be the Congress, whether it be the President, or whether it be the Pentagon, which is a building I pass by, you know, every other day. Uh, there are there are centers of influence, uh, large corporate interests, um, some ideological interests, think tanks, things like that, that certainly try to influence. The biggest uh, external influence on the visible government is invisible money coming from uh, extremely wealthy people who are buying our politicians. Now, that's, that's not a hidden government or a government behind a government. That's just or a new thing. That's been going on since the beginning of politics. Yeah, but it's really. gotten extremely... Oh, of course. It, it's much yeah. huge. It, it's much, yeah, much bigger. Yeah. It's become a, a real problem. It's gone from being you know, standard operating procedure to being a, a, a completely asymmetric component of the, uh, the governance of the United States. It's out of control. So that's going on. But uh, I believe the President of the United States is capable of uh, doing things at any time that could help turn things around. So could the Congress, and so could the military intelligence complex. Now, they're not doing that. Uh, but I don't think they're doing that because they're somehow under the uh, complete control of, outs- of, 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 of hidden influences. But they are certainly under pressure 
mostly what I see is systemic dysfunction. And what I mean by that is that uh, it's like a car, that when you drive it long enough, things start to go wrong. Pretty soon, you've got a bunch of things going wrong, and so the car is systemically just breaking down. And eventually it gets to the point where you just can't fix it at all, and so you, well, you just junk it and buy another car. Unfortunately, you really can't do that with nations. And that's what's happening. The ship of state has been sailing a long time. It's not getting repaired. It's not getting fixed. The crew has gotten bored and sloppy. The captain's a drunk. Uh, and so the whole thing is coming apart. It's systemically <laughs> breaking down, and eventually it'll sink. Yep. And that's happened, by the way, countless times over the last mm-hmm. 10,000 years. Uh, yeah. Let the pirates take over. Har, har, har. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, the ship gets taken over, it sinks. Look, plenty of civilizations have come and gone in the last uh, 10,000 years. Yeah, we have no uh, idea about half of at least the prehistory that, we, you know, the United yeah, States we is don't not have the knowledge. invulnerable. It is capable of collapsing. Uh, Very and, easily, too. And, and I assure you there are plenty of, uh, there are a number of, uh, several nations out there, several other mm-hmm. cultures that would be happy to replace us. Oh, definitely. Look, the way the infrastructure in this country is built, Stephen, with the monetary system the way it is, it's, a, it's, a, it's built to fail, basically, and it's built to a point where there is going to get to that point where the monetary system is going to be the downfall of the entire economy, collapse everything, uh, to the point where, yeah, those other countries you talk about, they're going to be in charge. Well, I'm not an expert of the monetary system. I know so. We might be a third world country sooner than everybody pretty realizes. Soon. Yeah, but it isn't. Soon. It isn't. It isn't just. You know, the monetary system is 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 uh, applicable to most of the countries in the world. I mean, there aren't that many radically different monetary systems. They're all operating under the same general ideas, including the United States. Look, the, the fact is, is that consumer-based uh, economies have limits, and uh, there is a point at which they don't work anymore, and we've reached that point. Didn't mean they didn't work in the past. It just means that they're all limits. Uh, one of the one of the things that uh, limits consumer-based economies is uh, is population growth. When you have enough population growth, the amount of consumption that you have to do to keep things going becomes so huge you can't even dispose of the waste. And we could go on about that. So, yeah, there's going to have to be a significant shift in in societal. Uh, systems. That's fine, except that you know we have the intellectual power to understand that and even make those shifts. The trouble is there is systemic fun- dysfunction going on, which prevents, right? It prevents corrective measures. It's kind of like when your immune system breaks down. You know, if your immune system breaks down, that is a systemic failure on the part of the body. And when that happens, you're screwed because you're vulnerable now to any number of diseases. And that's what's happening in the United States. There's plenty of intellectual power and plenty of ideas that could fix things, but we have a systemic situation that prevents corrective action. Uh, We have built-in fundamental flaws that we are incapable of, at this point, fixing under the worldview we're operating. This is high-level stuff, very complicated, um, and I don't expect the average person to get that. I don't expect the average person to understand it, but I do know the average person feels it. They have this sense of angst and paranoia and uncertainty and distrust that they're getting 
literally through osmosis through their skin that like you know unless you're very rich if you're the very wealthy you're somewhat protected by this though most of the wealthy sense that it, it eventually it's going to get to them meaning it's going to catch up with them eventually they just feel they got more time there is that trickle down uh, yeah trickle down uh, you know apocalypse so yeah this is a mess it's a total mess and i i watch the news constantly and and i i i i, I watch a, a range of news and you just cannot watch it without literally feeling, if not seeing, this dysfunction playing out across the board. It's amazing that it's so, to me, it's so obvious. What, what's, what's sad is that while you see it playing out across the, the news spectrum, coming in through primarily the television, but quite a bit on the Internet, what you don't see in all of that coverage and all of that, that quote reportage is a discussion of this reality, this systemic dysfunction. In other words, all all they all the news does now is simply uh, you know, act out the symptomology. It doesn't actually address the diagnosis. In other words, they're completely caught up. The entire news operation is completely caught up in the whole systemic failure themselves. They're like it's like being spiraling into a black hole. Once you get you know near the event horizon, all you can do is spiral in and disappear. And it's a mess. And it's it's really fascinating in a way to watch. If I was wealthy, I think I might enjoy it a little bit better. But as it is, <laughs> I'm, I'm somebody like most people that are pretty much vulnerable to every screw-up the government does, every mess, every fiasco um, in the financial system, in the health system, uh, you know, our overseas policies. I mean, you're an American today. You go overseas. What's going to happen? Someone's going to kidnap you and cut your head off. Pretty much, yeah. You know, that, 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 that's not something I used to think about when I was a mm -hmm. child. Uh, and, of course, there's new wars starting all the time, and on and on and on. Uh, so what, what, where are we going here? What's going to happen? Uh, is some giant, some, uh, you know, antichrist going to emerge, some powerful leader that will lead everybody to a better place? I don't think so. Not in the world we're in now. What has got to happen is a massive shift in worldview on the part of huge numbers of people in a short amount of time. And if I could get every person on the Hill, every one of the 10,000 staffers that service the 541 members of the United States Congress and all of the staffers in the White House and get them into a big stadium somewhere and give myself a microphone or a big bullhorn, this would be the message that I would say to them. I don't know what your intentions are. I don't know what your future plans are. I don't know what you, you, whether you care at all about your children or your grandchildren. But if you do not facilitate, or if you continue to stand in the way of a major worldview change on the part of not just American people, but virtually all people worldwide, this century is going to be a catastrophe. That's the message I would give them, and then we, and they should properly come back and say, well, what in the hell, what, what, what possible thing could create a worldview change of that mm -hmm. magnitude? And I'd say it's really simple. Have the President of the United States go, go to the call to the Pentagon, get some nice evidence from their, from their vast underground facilities and or gun camera footage from their chase planes, go before the American people, and finally let them know they're not alone in the universe. And that there's, as the scientists have recently pointed out, it looks as if there are Earth-like planets around virtually every star in the galaxy, which means we have billions of Earth-like planets. That, by the way, well, when we say Earth, planet. hang on, hang on. When we say Earth-like planets, are we about talking about every single star has something in the Goldilocks zone? Within the last two weeks, a study was uh, 
uh, another study came out. They're now uh, stating the scientists that have been doing the galactic consensus, the, the, the galactic consensus, are now saying that it, it's, it's apparent that there are planets in the Goldilocks zone around almost every star in the galaxy, which means there's billions of Earth-like planets. Now, then the next question is, how many of the planets in the Goldilocks zone develop life? And well, there, I can assure you there are scientists that believe that it's virtually 100% of them. Yeah, but he, here's the question. What about life not like ours outside of the Goldilocks zone? One of, well, look, uh, who, but let's just say that as you move away from the Goldilocks zone, any life that exists will start to deviate from the life as we know it. And the question is, how far does that deviation go? Exactly. I have no idea, and I'm not particularly interested in that. I'm interested in the ones that can, you know, fly ships between stars and get in saucers and fly over your house. And then, uh, you know, uh, I'm interested in the ones making the crop circles in England and, and taking blood and tissues from our uh, animals. Uh, those are the ones I'm interested in. But I'm not going to be shocked if the actual spectrum of life in the galaxy is beyond anything we could even dream of. But let's just stick to the Goldilocks zone. Uh, again, we're now talking about billions of potential life planets in the galaxy uh, based on our own science. So this whole thing is getting absolutely ridiculous. Every day that the government continues this truth embargo, it looks dumber and dumber and dumber. And that's on top of just the stupid policies that we pursue, the stupid politicians that we have to listen to. Right. Uh, and, and this is happening in other countries. We're not alone in this. It's not like there's other countries out there filled with brilliant, cutting-edge 22nd century people. No, it's pretty much the same stuff. It's that the U.S. being mm -hmm. the most powerful nation in the world, when we do something stupid, it's like another country doing a thousand stupid things. Right. Yeah. right? Another country does something stupid and somebody stubs a toe. We make a mistake and 50, 100, a million people die. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it matters that the, the United States has not got its act together. Uh, so that's the message. The disclosure of the extraterrestrial presence is the worldview change that we absolutely have got to have, and they can't bring themselves to do it. But hey, they can't even bring themselves to fix the bridges. <laughs> it's true, you know, and, and it's funny because it really the the way the disclosure would be ushered out to the entire world would be with the U.S. government leading the way. I mean, without them leading the way. Other governments are not going to open up everything that they know. They're not going to say all the secrets that they might have. Uh, so, I mean, really, we are the ones that have to lead the way, and we're kind of holding everybody back. Well, we, we, well first of all, we're not, I'm not talking about all the secrets. Well, no, but at that, least that, the that fact is an that issue there are aliens that could be discussed, But I'm okay. talking about simply acknowledging the extraterrestrial presence, nothing more. That's all. And there are many countries that can do it, and the United States may not be the first one. And there will be consequences to that. And that's another message I'm trying to get across to these knuckleheads on Capitol Hill. Uh, if you think that somehow the rest of the world is simply going to wait indefinitely for you to get your act together, you're wrong. Steve, my surprise is that you know a lot of our enemies out there, especially like the you know our Muslim enemies or, or the you know terrorist units out there. I'm surprised they haven't used this as an attack towards the U.S. and you know brought out some information that they might know that we have hidden. Why it would go against Muhammad's use? beliefs. Let's, let's be well. careful about our language here. Uh, the United States has got a lot of enemies. We've created them through our policies. 
we drop lots of bombs on people. And when you drop bombs on people and you kill them, not just, quote, the men who may or may not be doing things which you feel are against your national interest, but their children and their wives and their aunts and their grandmothers, you create enemies. We've been doing that now for, well... A long time. Aggressively mm-hmm. since 1964. Mm-hmm. I'm going to completely leave World War II out of it. Let's just talk 64 forward, which is uh, 50 years. Um, we've created a huge number of enemies. It's not a matter of Muslim en- en- enemies. We have we have enemies of all faith, all shapes and sizes in many countries around the world. So does Russia. Well, I'm not even so talking about Britain. Muslims in general because you know I have Muslim friends and Muslims are not terrorists. The ter- there are terrorist cells that are in the Muslim community as well, and Agreed. those terrorists. I mean, it could, look, it could be a, a Christian terrorist, it could be a Muslim terrorist, whatever the terrorists are. I'm talking about terrorists in general. Uh, how come they haven't used this as a form of, of persuasion with the U.S. saying, hey, you, you leave us alone, or we're going to tell the world what you know? Well, well first of all, the, the information about the ET presence is in the domain of and under the control of the developed nations. It's uh, not something that disaffected individuals, embittered people who have uh, joined warlords or uh, or other ad- organizations have access to. So it's just not a factor in their world. This is something that this, Russia might do in order to embarrass and or preempt the United States. It's something that China might do. It's something that Britain or Canada might do simply because well, maybe Canada, simply because there's a little more common sense in Canada than you find. Well, but somebody like Saddam Hussein, for example, he had the power and the structure and the money behind you know his regime to be able to do something like that. Uh, even a Bin Laden, who was a you know, millionaire, had the money behind him. He could have easily pulled something off like that, and none of them have ever said anything about Look, the subject. If somebody like Bin Laden were to announce as an extraterrestrial presence, no one would, would believe it, no one would care. Uh, same with Saddam Hussein. I don't know what Hussein knew. I mean, Iraq had Air Force. It had... It, it probably had chased planes that have gone after these crap, maybe had done some filming. He may have had some gun camera footage. But Hussein wasn't going to, you know, first of all, Hussein was going to do that. Uh, when, you, when you rule like someone like Hayes rules, you don't, you don't introduce your people to other civilizations from other star systems. Um, no, this is something where a fairly substantial country has to make the introduction and they've got to provide substantial evidence. Um, in order to break the truth embargo, mm-hmm. right? Again, the truth embargo is a formal policy. I mean, there are millions upon millions upon millions of people that know we're being visited. That's not the point. The point is the truth embargo prevents, what, open research, access right. to the ET technology, the learning about it in the schools, c- coverage, uh, understanding more about government policies and the history. It, it, it completely uh, thwarts the... The, the development process. In other words, I don't know, it's like um, for the last 67 years, we had an invitation in the mail to jo- to possibly join <laughs> a galactic, uh, or at least a, a interstellar political group, and we refused to open it. It's been sitting on the table for 67 years. Um... And uh, that's a pretty good deal. It's like the kid that got accepted to Harvard but never opened up the letter. 
So he ended up right. not going to college, and now he's working in a bar somewhere, slinging you know vodka and tonics. It, it, it's we've been stymied. We've been stuck for mm-hmm. sixty-eight years since World War II, uh, and we and and I happen to believe the extraterrestrials are fully aware of that, and that they're they are in their own way, pushing this forward. Uh, the question that remains in my mind is whether they will actually uh, resolve it themselves. In other words, they can resolve the truth embargo issue anytime they want, but they haven't done it. Would they do it? How long will they go on uh, in this particular uh, uh, status? It may be that they, they don't really care one way or the other, that we can disclose or not disclose, it may be that disclosure would interrupt some of the work they're doing, and they prefer we didn't. It may be that they want us to, and they've been trying to get their work done, anticipating this to happen. We don't know. All we know is that they haven't taken any action of a, of a, of a level that would force the disclosure issue completely out in the open and end the truth embargo. Mm. We know that the U.S. government has, was refusing to do anything at this point that will end the truth embargo other mm-hmm. than a possible acclimatization process, a very slow right. dripping process. And that's all we know. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and, well, there's something else we know, that the, the overall stability of the relationship between nations, between religions, and between the human race and the planet that it lives on is starting to essentially come loose. Yes, like, uh, it's like, it's like, it's like yeah. in, the, in the movie 2012, which I've seen 26 times at least. Uh, <laughs> what, what triggers it was still the a good movie. end of oh, civilization? It was. Yeah. It, it, it's the Earth's crust mm. comes loose because the interior heats up because of the bombardment along those neutrinos. And so it, it heats up inside, the core heats up to the point where the earth trusts start to liquefy and it comes loose so it can move. And, of course, that creates complete and total disaster. Mm-hmm. That, in its own way, is kind of what's happening uh, in uh, the human society. Uh, the earth is not creating a problem. It's us. In other the words, the problem, yeah. is, is, the Earth is not creating the problem between the human race and the Earth. The people are doing it, mm-hmm. right? Now, the Earth can make problems, believe me. It can do terrible things. But by and large, it's not. It's heating up a little bit, and that's an issue. But overall, the problem is us. We are in, in out of balance with the planet. We're out of balance increasingly between nations. We're out of balance right now between religions. We're out of balance between ourselves and our own social contracts, our own countries. We're starting to see things start to unravel. And part of this is under the pressure of massive population, 7 billion, soon to be 11, 11, uh, 7 trillion, soon to be 11 trillion. I'm sorry, 7 billion, soon to be 11 billion people. Uh, And the pressure of that alone is huge, but then there's another pressure, and that is our technological sophistication is outstripped our political and spiritual savvy. We are increasingly like kindergarten kids with hand grenades. 
<laughs> wow, that <laughs> is that's a great analogy. Four five year olds for very obvious reasons. Okay, well, we can handle hand grenades, but we're not able to handle the implications of massive nuclear weapons, as well as uh, ongoing, absolutely ongoing bioweapons research, uh, and a host of other technologies which simply are outside, uh, beyond the limits, of our what we'll call collective intellectual and, for those that think this way, spiritual savvy. And so we're, we're in deep water. We're like the kid that got thrown into the deep end of the pool that hadn't learned how to swim yet. I mean, it's just water. <laughs> it's the same water that's in the shallow end of the pool. But unfortunately, the deep end of the pool is more dangerous. You've got to be more sophisticated. You've got to know how to swim. We're getting into the deep end of the pool, and we don't know how to swim. And so there's going to be consequences. You can smell them. Mm -hmm. You can feel them in the air. You can see them on television. You can see them in movies that Hollywood cranks out over and over again, giving us these warnings, letting us know what's coming. Because there's a lot of smart people in Hollywood, and their job mm -hmm. is to kind of almost literally predict the future in a lot of ways. You can sense it in your own societies. I mean, if you live in Somalia, or you happen to live in you know, Syria or Libya or you know, eastern Iraq right now, if you live in, if you live in the Ukraine, and a lot of other places I could name, you, you would clearly smell and feel something. Yeah. this something, right? You would say, my God, mm -hmm. this is not going well. Uh, and that's just what happens Smell a storm in the brewing. immediately. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, without even getting into the weapon systems and the nukes uh, and everything else that are in the hands of a lot of, a lot of countries that, and frankly, are not yet able to, to really... Uh, understand uh, the dangers of what they have and what they're capable of doing. So we have a world too complicated, too dangerous, but at the same time, we have a world that is being fully engaged by multiple non-human, most of them, there may be one that is, uh, interstellar species. Now, Stephen, the, the it's funny you mentioned that uh, some of them might be you know if we discover that there are human like beings out there that are exactly like us in almost every single way we're going to have to really redefine the term human being and what it means uh, completely. not necessarily I, I believe that if, if, if any, any, any entities out there and the Nordics is what you hear about in the yeah I had a feeling right. you were going towards the Nordics on this that's where I'm um, you know honestly they, they I'll tell from. you guys you, I, I gotta interrupt and tell you guys you have to if, even though it didn't do well in the box office you guys need to see the movie Jupiter Ascending I'm going tomorrow you will you will find it, it's done by the guys who did the Matrix the Lukowski uh, siblings yeah uh, the Lukowski boys I love those guys well, they're actually one's a woman now. Yeah. By the way, not to cut you guys, not to cut you guys off. Hold on, but somebody has a radio or feedback in the, in the background there. It's not me. I don't. I don't think no, it's, it's me. It's, no, it's you, Alan. Because when you're muted, it's gone. When you come back, okay. It's hang there. on one second. The only thing so I can think turn of is whatever off. All right. Yeah, that was sorry. That was the air conditioner in the background. No, I just that shut was it off. Not the air conditioner because I can still hear myself talk. Oh, you could hear yourself talk. Yes. A little echo. Oh, okay. Hang on, I can fix please that. Please shut. On. Whatever. Mute yourself so we can continue the show. Please stop derailing the show, Mr. Allen. 
Weiler, other guy. This is why you're the other guy on the show. <laughs> Thank you. Now, Stephen, I wanted to get to the Citizens Hearing uh, p- uh, website here again, and I want to promote yeah. this because we're, we're short okay, of time. We've got to leave a little, in a little bit here. But uh, citizenshearing.org, uh, the, le- the, the lineup here is amazing. You, you, know, you have the who's who of everybody on here from Stephen Greer to uh, Stan Friedman, Grant Cameron, Richard Dolan, Donald Schmidt, uh, Linda Moulton Howell, Peter yeah. Davenport, Kevin Randall, Nick Pope. Gary Hesting, I mean, a great lineup. Now, there's, this is 10 hours worth of footage here, right? This 30 is 10 hours. hours. Worth of, 30, 30 hours. 30 hours worth of, of lectures. And everything can be downloaded right now on citizenshearing.org, right? Yeah, people can download. And by the way, this isn't lectures. These are, these, this was a mock congressional hearing. You should really change the name of the thing. There's this lecture number one, two, three, four, five. Well, there's also, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. Well, there's also, uh, there were uh, some what we call evening sessions, and these were lectures. These were on an addition to, and so yeah, ah, okay. one can one can download the evening lectures there. Mm-hmm. They can they can acquire them. I, f- I forget what they're charging, but uh, but those are secondary. The primary is the is the uh, congressional the citizen hearing itself. That's thirty hours, and they can download that too. The DVDs hopefully will be done soon, but uh, that. That was the mock congressional hearing. There were six former members of Congress involved. That is the basis by which we're conducting the congressional hearing initiative. We have shipped the, the record of that to every congressional office. And my job is to get them to look at it and to meet with them and say, look, this, we, need, we need the real thing now. We've got the witnesses. We can have hearings, extraordinary hearings, that will be as important and more covered than any hearing in history and we can then move this forward and the congress can get the credit for it the congress could be part of this um that's what's going on and it's all based on the citizen hearing so you go to citizenhearing.org and you can see the basis for the congressional hearing.org uh congressional hearing initiative rather which you can find if you go to paradigmresearchgroup.org and you can easily go and see everything that's happening with the Congressional Hearing Initiative. Mm. That's what's going on. Um, and uh, uh, eventually the DVDs will be out, and you should, everybody should acquire one, a set of those, because I think I'm they're them. worth a lot of money someday. Are they going to be on Blu-ray also, or just DVD? Yeah, they're going to be Blu-ray. Can I just watch regular. it on my Roku or something? No, 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 no. you got to order the Blu-ray. Not yet. Go ahead, Stephen. Not yet. <laughs> um, right Pay-per-view? now, my job is, is to get disclosure. I don't have anything to do with the the uh, reproduction of the distribution citizen of hearing and all that yeah. that's being done by others. But my job is to pursue the disclosure uh, event, and that's what I'm doing. But the citizen hearing on disclosure, of course, is key. It's central to all of this. Um, we also have uh, some we have some websites for people to participate. Uh, you've got the Facebook page, the Disclosure Lobby, uh, where but we got about 10, over 10,000 people. They're kind of watching from there. And we've got another website called disclosure.media. And then, of course, there's factsonwashington.org, factsonwashington.org, where people can see how they could send messages to members of Congress and express their desire to see this issue resolved. And then, of course, you've got paradigmresearchgroup.org. Um, this, this process is, is going to be very intense in the next two weeks. We're hoping for a media breakthrough We've contacted an awful lot of media, but unfortunately, not surprisingly, you've got a crisis in eastern U- Ukraine. You've got a fiasco in the Middle East. Uh, 
you've got one thing happening after another, and so it's very hard to get the media's attention right now. Uh, and so we're we're swimming upstream right now. But that doesn't mean that couldn't change at any time. Mm-hmm. We're continuing to approach the media. And I've got the same problem. I mean, I'm trying to get into congressional offices and what? we got, you know... You know, the president's going in for a new war authorization. Mm-hmm. We've got heads being chopped off and people being burned alive. We've got we've got the possibility of another war mm-hmm. with Russia. I mean, a proxy mm-hmm. war in Ukraine and other absolute insanity. And so, yeah, and that's what we see in the public. In Hold on. Hold on. That's what we see. That's what we see in the public. God only really knows what's going on behind the scenes. Right. Yeah. Well, I fear what's going on behind the scenes is not a hell of a lot uh, more. Uh, cogent than what's going on in the front. Uh, there are obviously power plays being done, manipulation of markets. Uh, you know, yeah. Look, uh, there's a lot of policies I think which are not even known to us, which I think are equally stupid that are going on uh, on the part of multiple nations. Mm-hmm. I don't see almost anybody that is, or rather, any any organization or government right now that is actively involved it's making any sense i mean there is some intelligent government out there but they're not players they're just not in the game uh they're not allowed in the game precisely because they don't want to play the game uh it's like you know it's like a big snowball rolling down the hill i mean you can't stop it all it does is just keep picking up more snow and getting larger and larger you're seeing the same players make the same mistakes Make you know, over and over worse again, and yeah. worse, mm-hmm. uh, and you're thinking, how can we stop this? Well, let me tell you, I, I don't see how it can be stopped. But I do. I, well, I, I, using any of the the, the more the historically um, uh, known methods, but there is something in the world right now which could change everything, and the only reason it isn't, we aren't fully engaging it. As a, as a full species, is that the United States, which was the ruling superpower at the end of World War II, with huge influence around the world, which, which, which it maintained aggressively for the next 44 years, made the decision that this truth would be denied. This was a decision they made, just like the Catholic Church made a decision in the late 1500s, that the science of the solar system was not going to be accepted. It was going to be denied as long as they could possibly deny it. And they managed to deny it for about 200 years, until Mm -hmm. finally they said, what the hell? And they no longer suppressed that material. And then it had a a life of its own. 200 years. Uh, a, a decision that they have since apologized for and held back Europe and the human race substantially during that time. Mm-hmm. Well, the U.S. has gone and made exactly the same mistake, though they felt they had better reasons in 1947. I get that. But the world now moves many times faster than it did in the 1500s. And so 200 years back then... It's time for change. 20 years now. <laughs> yeah, it's time for and, change. And so this decision is just now... Uh, uh, the effects of this decision, the negative impact of this decision to deny this truth is just 
snowballing. Well, you know, it, Stephen, you know, it's funny, though, and we're almost out of time. I, I, we do have to move on in a couple minutes here. But, you know, yeah. real quick, I wanted to say, uh, you know, the whole thing with Cuba recently and the U.S. government really uh, made me think about, look, it took 50 years for them to start talking to Cuba again and to talk about maybe ending the embargo with Cuba. That took 50 years and a lot of hard-headed people, and it took a president to come in with, the, you know, the, the gonads to say, look, the embargo wasn't any good. It didn't work. And for him to start this communication, this channel with Cuba, imagine that's just with Cuba. Imagine them actually coming out and disclosing to the world about aliens. No wonder it's taking so long. Look how a little thing like Cuba has taken 50-plus years, almost 60 years to resolve, and it still hasn't been fully resolved. Stephen, we're almost out of time here. Uh, I want to get you know your website addresses again on the air, uh, citizenshearing.org. Paradigmresearchgroup.org. And if people want to get updates about all this on a regular basis, the PRG at ParadigmResearchGroup.org. Uh, Stephen, you're the best, man. Thank you for being on here tonight. You're you rock. Always happy. Anytime. You just find me back, Angel. You guys. I'll definitely, we will have you back on uh, very, very soon, my friend. Yeah, Hopefully it was great talking with you. Without right. technical issues stopping us next time. All right, all right. I get the point. All right, all right. <laughs> Not you, man. My oh, car blowing good. up almost tonight. Jesus. All, right. all the best. <laughs> Steve Bassett, everybody. Love having him on the show. Uh, guys, we're going to go on a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have Miss Nancy Burns from Future Theater. Stick around. This is the Dark Matter Radio Network. You're listening to Skywatchers Radio with me, Angel, and the other guy. I'm Ryan Gable, host of the Secret Teachings Radio Show. I always attempt to bring you the best information that I possibly can on all sides of each and every story, from current events to ancient history to philosophy, symbolism, the paranormal, comparative religions, the occult, alternative science, and much more. There is not a single topic that we do not cover in relation to the unexplained and the misunderstood. I am not here to tell you what I say is truth, but to allow you to decide for yourself based on the evidence presented and the dots connected. There is no such thing as negative or positive. These are dimensional characteristics that we view through our perceptions. To catch my show, The Secret Teachings, we air every Saturday on the Dark Matter Radio Network at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Pacific. You can also listen on thesecretteachings.info for a free show archive of all of our past episodes. Try as you might, but no amount of disinformation, propaganda, rhetoric, or trolling on the internet will change the truth. The truth is the truth, regardless if the mass is accepted as is or if it is accepted by only one out of billions. For more information, you can again visit thesecretteachings.info. I'm Ryan Gable. Namaste. The UFO phenomenon, either we like it or not, is already very much part of our reality. I've been on panels with uh, military people who, you know, claim that they've seen the aliens buzzing our missile silos. They have very large eyes. You know, I found their stare extremely difficult to bear. This is Martin Willis, the host of Podcast UFO, and we are here on the Dark Matter Radio Network every Wednesday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is my commitment to bring you an entertaining weekly show that takes a hard look at the UFO phenomena. Are they extraterrestrial? Well, are they interdimensional? Are they time travelers or something we have not even thought of yet? 
We explore these questions with interesting guests and witnesses from all around the globe. In addition, we bring you weekly UFO news with Open Minds TV, Alejandro Rojas. Thank you for listening, and remember, keep your eyes to the sky. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. The George Rodriguez Show. Who? I said the George Rodriguez Show. You don't know George Rodriguez? Wasn't he the guy that filled in for Neil Rogers? Yes. That George Rodriguez. What's he like? Oh, he's a short little Cuban fella. Kind of funny looking. Well, when's he on? 12 to 3, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on SoFloRadio.com and SoFloRadio.net. The George Rodriguez Show is much more than adequate. When you're ready to actually lose weight safely and steadily while being monitored by a physician, the weight loss clinic of Dr. Kim Jacobson is there for you. The family medicine practice was established by her father in 1956 and continues as a medical practice that now specializes in weight reduction. Dr. Kim Jacobson joined the practice 20 years ago as both a family medicine practitioner and weight loss specialist. The weight loss clinic utilizes a combination of appetite suppression medication and vitamins to produce great results, usually 3 to 4 pounds per week for most patients. Now you can change your lifestyle while still enjoying your own food, just less of it. They offer a choice of two, three, or four-week plans. So whether you just need to lose a few pounds or a lot, the weight loss clinic of Dr. Kim Jacobson can help you. They're located at 5454 Northeast 4th Avenue in Miami, just two blocks west of 54th Street and Biscayne Boulevard. Call them at 305-751-0091. They'll be happy to answer any and all of your questions. That's 305-751-0091. Get started on a beautiful new body today with Dr. Kim Jacobson and the weight loss clinic. Hi, this is Solaris Blue Raven with Hyperspace on Dark Matter Radio. Tune in on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for an intriguing show pertaining to covert technology, UFOs, paranormal, mysticism, and spirituality. Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. We lost her too soon. Gone, but not forgotten. Now, you can own an authentic piece of movie history. Elizabeth Taylor's Ashes. In a small commemorative urn. Remember, remember. I want you to forget me, please. For just $29.95 plus shipping and handling, we'll send you an ounce of real superstar soot. Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. You can have a piece of her forever. Command performances leave me quite cold. Call today. Hurry. Quantities are limited.
All right, everybody, Skywatchers Radio is back on the air live once again, as usual, because we don't pre-tape anything. We don't pre-record. Say all right, all right. We don't believe in that. We don't believe in it. Say all right. No, we we don't pre-tape anything, but every once in a while, due to uncontrollable circumstances, we'll play You know, my my mic is not on mute. I thought my mic was on mute because nobody's listening to me. No, we're listening to you. We're just ignoring it. All right. Would one of you guys say all right, all right, all right in the right accent? All right, all right, all right. Yeah. There you go. Alan? That voice you hear is none other than Mrs. Nancy Burns. Welcome to the show, Nancy. How are you doing? Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm a a big fan, and I was listening, and I have a question for Alan from last week's show. Do you remember when you were talking about the flying car? Yes. You made the most amazing comment that it just kind of sat there – and Angel said, well, that's kind of dark, but it was so brilliant. <laughs> I wanted to – do you remember what you said? There were a couple of things I said that were a little bit dark and gloomy. Yeah, he says a no, lot of things that are dark brilliant. and gloomy. This is brilliant. You know, you were you – Not a lot it, of them are brilliant, though, so which one is, is it? perfectly brilliant. So you set it up by saying to the fellow – I think it was Jesse Marcel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Jesse Marcel. Right. So you say to him – you say to Jesse, well, the only people who are going to be able to afford this are the 1%, right? And oh, he, oh, yeah, yeah. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, that was dark. That was dark. That was lovely. It was set up well. Okay, tell tell the folks what it was. So so you said um, so this is only going to be affordable for the one percent at first, right? Right, right. And then so, you said like a little mousy voice. Is there some way you could jiggle that and wreck the gears <laughs> or something? Because yeah, that yeah, would solve is our there, problem. Is there any way we could take control with the, with that with that um, um, auto collisions? Basically, the whole point was to kill the one percent off. Exactly. By their own greed, you know, by their own rush to to get the coolest new thing. It's kind of funny because what would happen if the 1% were uh, removed from the planet, you know, in a fictional kind of universe? What ha- th- that doesn't mean their money is suddenly fluttering down to the rest of us, right? No, it's not. That would be a lot of money to flutter. That'd be a lot of fluttering. Anyway, so I'm I, I'm I'm just coming in as a listener. I've been listening the whole time, and uh, twittering at the same time. I saw that. In fact, I saw what was going on on Twitter earlier tonight. We're we're getting attacked. Well, on Twitter. Well, what's up with that? It's just people? an opinion. It's not an attack. It's an opinion. It's the well, no, 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 no. They attacked me directly. I think, and I take it personal when they, you know talk about our show and then and you go I, and you, i don't get it yeah and, and then you go and you turn around and you you literally um bite back flip them the bird yeah. that's what i do nancy but I so play. yeah so <clears throat> yeah but i so i wanted to talk about that one percent but i also want to kill them all that one percent kill them yeah eat the uh, eat the rich <laughs> no, by, the, by the way hold on by the way guys uh we are going to have a blast from the a-hole segment tonight after Yay. all, all right. uh we weren't going to have it because we didn't know we we're going to go the full two hours but apparently we are since the show Alan is has up gone and, on and nancy's here and the show is going on and of course the great keith roland is allowing us to go on for the two hours uh, as uh, as great as he is, he somehow uh, thinks that we should have gone on two hours tonight. So we were going to do. Well, you know hours. the numbers are very healthy. I've been monitoring. Yes, it is. As the night goes on, so I'm proud oh, of. Oh yeah. Are proud of our little network. Yes, yeah. I am. Yay. Yeah. Man. And that's I'm part of the reason why when I say that I'm being serious, yay. You know? No, that, that's that's him being happy, by the way. Right. No, but this is why I'm saying that you know this is what I think why we're getting attacked because we have good numbers. People are listening; uh, they're engaged into what's going on, and uh, some other shows out there are not doing as well. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Politics. Well, you know who you are. Politics. Well, I think we. I think it's a matter of selling out, and I think you know. Yes. I have a feeling that mostly every show on this network would wander off if we had to sort of abide by big business rules. We kind of want to say what we want to say. I think. I'm just saying. Yes, you are. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well. Anyway, now you had a good show this week, Nancy Burns, on Future Theater. Why do you say that? It was a good show. It was a fun show. I produced your show, remember? Oh, well, here's the thing. I can do, we had a fellow on. Uh, With that, an amazing was. accent. You're right, from the Netherlands. Yes. Um, on, 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 what's his first name? Andre. Anders. 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 Nielsen. Anders. Dr. Nielsen. Nielsen. And <clears throat> I've, if, if you liked that show, you're going to love where we're going next with it because um, I've begun to uh, listen to people who are talking about the nature of consciousness and how psychedelics in particular have uh, secretly all through mankind's history have been the way that before they were, they were never illegal until the last hundred years. Uh, it's been the way that shamans, poets, uh, visionaries, Tesla, it's how, not Tesla per se, but it's how they expanded their mind if they wanted to, you know, uh, everybody knows about, uh, Arthur Conan Doyle and, uh, Sherlock Holmes and his cocaine, right? right? It's a hell of a drug. No, but it, but it supposedly helped. I mean, if it's not illegal, uh, and we started to talk about this at the end of the show, um, there's a new book out. <clears throat> he was interviewed on Bill Maher, and I have to go back and get his name, get the name of the, um, get the name of the book. But he basically is saying that everything we have learned about drugs, once again, isn't true. It's wrong. We don't, uh, like, for example, he, he said he noticed that his grandmother, uh, who broke her hip, was getting uh, mor- morphine in the hospital, a drip, whatever, for pain, which is the same thing as heroin. And when she came out, she was not hooked. And he began to say, well, heroin's supposed to hook you. And sure enough... Um, it's all in the amount of dosage. And it's well, also in the that way... That and on the mind. The way you it's react. It's all in the mind. Yeah, it's, yeah. Al- it's also being it's also pro- partially how it's being absorbed into the body. Well, here's the thing. <clears throat> I'm, I'm losing my voice. Ah. I hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm going to mute for a second. Mute again. yourself and cough uh. really loud. There you go. That's her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in all honesty, I have friends. I mean, if you want to get into the whole drug thing, um, I actually had... He has uh, druggy friends. <laughs> actually, I had <laughs> friends that I helped set up their booth at uh, the big pot smokers convention that went on in uh, Vegas uh, last week. We, really? Yeah, yeah. But Vegas is not a legal state yet. Las no, Vegas, but see, see, but the funny part is, is that in Vegas you could have a really, really big convention for head shops and smoke shops and paraphernalia and all the marketing and all that kind of stuff. At that convention, you just can't smoke it there. Wow! So you could That's show it off, and, stupid, isn't and it? nobody did. I'm sure. Right. I'm not even going to go there. Well, here's but, the thing: in, in about a year's time, maybe, maybe, if it's legal everywhere. And I think that the whole uh, marriage stuff, uh, you know, DOMA and all that stuff, I think that's kind of like a blueprint for the same thing happening when 30% of the states, you know, uh, change the law. It's just going to be a tipping point. Well, I I think there's also a big difference between, you know, there's a big difference between cannabis, you know, cannabis product and marijuana product and hemp product. 
There truly, truly is a big difference because, you know, you could get the hallucinogenic THC if you want the high, but there's so many medicinal uses for the cannabinoids or CBDs mm-hmm. of, that are derivatives of the marijuana plant and, and, well, and hemp. Have you had the experience of yourself or a loved one being, being very sick and you do a kind of a frantic Googling and you find out that – you find out about Ricky S- uh, Simpson uh, mm-hmm. from uh, Canada and you find out that he made a potion that anybody can make if you can get the drugs – of uh, the pot. Yeah, hemp oil, hemp oil. Hemp oil. It, oh, yeah, know, yeah. In fact, uh, Rick Simpson is somebody I've been wanting to interview for a long time. We, we, inter- we interviewed him. I know, and I'm envious. Oh, I'm no, no. But to get him see, on the show. See, see yeah. Nancy, you're thinking that, you know, this is all some one guy in Canada. There are companies oh, yeah. and pharmaceutical yeah. companies in the States that are making cannabis oil. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. by the way, cannabis oil, that is CBD Mm-hmm. With less than, I think, 3% of the hallucinogenic THC. Well, you, you inject a That's tiny 100%, little bit. No, yeah. you don't. You can ingest. No, no, you inject it. No, you, you put it like under your tongue. It's sort of like it comes in a really it's called tiny supplement. applicator. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an available you put under your tongue. It's, right. Yes. Yeah. It's not a needle, but you just kind of put a drop of it. No, no, no. I'm going to say it was a needle. Yeah. It, it, it's, a, yeah. it's a little like a It's a vial. syringe. Yeah, it's a syringe. It's a, a vial, syringe, but there's no needle You don't inject it into your body. You just here's the thing. drop it in your tongue. It, once it's legal, you take away it that whole... It is legal um, now. Right, but... Yeah, take, it, it yeah. is legal now. It's legal in all In fact, doctors have uh, weed pills, which they can give you, which is the same thing as the hemp oil. Mm. Correct. Well, yeah. you have to convince everybody that you know... Um, to kind of think about it if they're very sick. At least give mm-hmm. it a try. It's not going to make you crazy. I mean, the it, anti-nausea yeah. effects, the, the stomach calming, the pain relief. It, it takes th- your pains away. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 the proof is there. Well, the, there, you know, the, the anti-pot uh, people are pushing this concept that it, it, they're still saying it ruins brain cells, and yet if you do your research, you find out it actually grows new ones, but they're keeping that... You know, and it and it can reverse Alzheimer's. Um, in other words, you can keep on going out into the woo-woo world of what they say it can do, or you can go to uh, you know Google and start researching what the research is doing, oh, the uh-huh. medical stuff. Yeah, Agreed. you all you know that. The, you should see the patents that are listed in you know the patent office that you could do Google searches on for it. Well, um, instead of telling people to invest in gold, I would say to people invest in these new companies. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. My my only statement to that is is that uh, you know investing in the companies or in the in the product itself, the product has an expiration date. Uh, uh-huh. Then of course the company, you know, bad accounting is bad accounting. Mm-hmm. Right, gold, and, the, and, and, you, and, and you don't want to and you don't want to trust any potheads and, with accounting and, and, and no offense, no, you know, if you have no. gold, <laughs> if you have gold in your possession, that's one thing. If you have a whole bunch of stocks in the market and the stocks crash. Or the yeah, but if you have all the money in the world and no pot, would you rather have that or pot and no money? I can barter. That's a hard question. No, I it's can not. barter. It's I could barter the gold for food and barter the gold for pot or pot seeds to grow. Nah. Just give me all the money and I'll buy some weed. I'll be good. <laughs> oh, it's just it, it's just that it's it's had such a bad rap, and for all the older folk oh, who were afraid to take it, I feel like you know I haven't 
as I said, that I'm Reefer visiting... Madness movie really got me. Oh, I am God. so psychologically scarred from but, it. But you know, but oh, you know, it's, yeah. it is one of the funniest movies ever oh, made. It's like that hilarious. movie, it's a comedy gold. That movie, and and it's funny because they look. My mother, she's going through cancer treatments. She's stage four cancer, and she's doing the chemotherapy bags and and the whole nine yards. And I recently brought up to her the the idea of maybe using hemp oil or cannabis oil mm-hmm. or, or cannabis in any way, and she flipped out. She thought it was the dumbest thing I've ever said to her. She. Oh. That was ridiculous. And just that was stupid. And yet, you know what, Angel? If you could, if I could find the New York Times article about the gourmet cooking with uh, pot, how there you can go in California now, or in some places, maybe Oregon, mm-hmm. and pot you can go for a, a uh, five. Pot love pot brownies. But if oh, yeah. no, 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 nothing like that. A five course meal in which the animals have been have been raised on on pot. They are oh, soaked even in better. it. And Ooh, I'm telling that you, sounds interesting. Super, super oh, gourmet. And you and yeah. literally, you know how you have a, a glaze on, Who say, needs beer-fed Kobe steak? I have steak. a glaze on my face now. Yeah. Well, you have, yeah, like, I know. Like, like beer-fed Kobe steak? I'm drooling get, now. Hold on, when you can actually have pot-fed steak. Absolutely. Oh, Just, so good. But it's soaked overnight, of course, in some kind of vinaigrette with pot, on and on and on and on, and showing you how you can cook. Or See, if your mother saw that video or that New York Times video, it was a hotsy-totsy thing. You are I don't think that. I don't think that would, no, the, the point is, it would, no, but it the would point show is, Nancy, her how accepted no, it really is. But it wouldn't, it wouldn't work with her either because she's of the old school mentality that, oh, yeah, pot's bad chef. for you. She's a chef. She would know. She was a chef. Right now, she's a cancer patient. She I know, but, but, it's but, a different. Her mind is completely different than it was 10 years ago. People have told, yeah, I know, but I'm just telling you, by going through your profession, you might be able to, because she knows other chefs, she knows how they think, and they would not fool around with something that was poison. That's a great chef cooking show to do on TV. Oh, yeah. There's one on YouTube. The 420 Chef. Yeah, the 420 Chef. Look him up on YouTube. He has a fabulous channel. It's amazing. I mean, you you can learn so many good Cooking tips well, on the channel. Do you guys including one that I actually one that I did myself, by the way, uh, when, when I saw it on his channel, I did. Uh, I I don't want to give a, give too much of uh, my background away, but I have done this one time. Uh, I mixed vodka and hemp, and uh, let's just say it is amazing when you drink. It's called Green vodka. Dragon, I think. Yeah, it's, no, it's amazing. Something out, yeah. No, no, I think it's like Green Dragon, but it is amazing. I mean, he shows you the whole process how to do it. I, nice. I followed it step by step once, like years ago, when I first saw the video, and by God, it works. It is it just it knocks <laughs> you on the your ass. You that. Really by is. God, it works. my. God, yeah. it works. Yeah. Well, oh, see, these so are. Good. I mean, you're. You know, it so might good. be true that you shouldn't smoke pot until you until you're ready to. In other words, you should almost know when your mind has stopped going through crazy growth and I don't think you should kind of play with it when it's when you're a perfect young person and your mind is growing all the time if you mm. guys can remember back when you you couldn't wait to get up in the nope. morning because you had so much can't to do can't remember that far back Nancy can't remember that far oh, back oh come on yeah no. I, I, no, I, when I Unless it's the weekend, I don't get up out of bed till eleven or twelve. Well, you work very hard, unlike the rest of us, because many of us. Oh, <laughs> I beg to differ on that. This no, 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 dude, dude, come on, <laughs> shut up. Listen, you know, hold on a second. You work a forty-hour work week over five days. Me, yes. me, hold on, over three days. Since it's usually an open to close kind of a thing from nine to nine, I'm doing on average yeah. a. 36-hour week in three days. You realize I work 
12 hours a day, right? Well, that's your choice. Do the math. I've Do had the math. that argument with you. Before. Do the math. Anyway, uh, by the way, we're right now nearing a uh, segment that we talked about earlier. Oh. Hey, that's right, everybody. Uh, it's time. And now, messages through the a-hole. Blast All right, from there you go. That is... Yeah, there you go. Thank you. We already had the sound effects. We don't need you, other guys. See, I don't have to hear the sound effects. See, it's, I, I'd love to do it. If you guys remember, like, Pigs in Space from the Muppets. Pigs yes, in yes. Space. That was, you know what, it's funny. That was my inspiration for that was sound Was it effect. really? I swear to you, that's exactly what really? I was thinking about. I am dead serious. It's amazing. Oh, so coincidental. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, we got our first blast from the a-hole here, and, uh, or blast through the a-hole, sorry. And again, uh, this is uh, by a gentleman who squeezed it nice and gently through the a-hole. His name is yeah. Johnny. And uh, Johnny wants to know uh, if applying a certain pressure within uh, certain people in government, uh, would that speed up the disclosure project or the disclosure movement or, or, or what's going on? Why is it taking so long? We have to beat the government you, senseless. Well, can to I get can I can I make an alternate view? Go ahead. Sure. If we know we know that uh, politicians don't tell the truth, we know they lie. You're right. Why yeah. in the world would we wait for them to have to tell us stuff? I mean, are we that stupid? No, and this is why we've actually uh, all agreed that you know us humans, us individuals, us everyday common folks are the ones that are going to actually give our disclosure to the rest of the world. We can't rely on the government, and you know. And Steve Bassett was just on with us. He's fighting a great fight trying to get the government to disclose their 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 information. But he's been fighting this fight for a very long time. And it's I think that's one his of those day things. job. I, I think that's that's well. Just it's one. His it's one job. of those things that we need Steve Bassett and we need people like him to do this and put that pressure on the government and keep fighting that fight but at the same time it's going to be one of us who accidentally you know just blows the whistle on everything maybe by accident maybe you know on purpose See, I don't, but I do believe I, I it'll be one of us have you ever heard uh, Nick Redfern a long time ago wrote a very uh, a nice little piece about this and we published it in UFO magazine and it was that when it finally starts to happen that they find life I don't know stuck to the space shuttle or the space station whatever uh, we get a weird signal from SETI or something. Um, the whole UFO field will be obliterated as if by a nuclear um, nah, blast. I don't believe that. I don't from believe that. I, I, the, the nah. spotlight suddenly f- looking for scientists, real scientists, people who have no connection to this crazy stuff. And They're all going to we'll try be- and jump on the bandwagon. <clears throat> no, but, but really, if you think about it, Take a Brian Williams, Whoa. and he's got to interview somebody. He's not <laughs> going to. He's not going to interview one of us. He's going to interview. Oh, Probably au contraire, Mich- au contraire, Miss Nancy Burns. He's going to interview think- Stephen Hawkins about UFO. No, Stephen Hawkins would probably be dead by then. Now, let's be honest here. No, no contrary. Look, here, here's here's the thing. I do believe that he would interview, you know, somebody in the ufology community, and and here's why: the day disclosure happens, the day this stuff is proven to be a fact, the day that we are all out of the bubble that we've been living in. That day will make scientists out of people within the UFO community. Why? Because they're going to be look, looked at them, or they're going to be looking We're at them be the as, no, see, you yeah, as the expert, hold on, as the experts no. who, who have the information all along, no. who've had the information all no, along. That doesn't make yeah. an expert out of you. You have to have been an expert in their minds first, and it's like, what's your reaction, John Stewart? What's your reaction, Carl Sagan? What's By the way, John Stewart leaving The Daily Show really upsets yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, I know. Does. But so anyway, have, that's but, hold on. We got to move. We got to move on, Nancy. We don't have time for more talk. We got other questions from the from the table here. Hold on. 
Hold on. That's, uh, that's for uh, Johnny there. Johnny, <laughs> that's your uh, answer. <laughs> All right, got to move on to the next one. Next, next. Uh, from Terry, because we're running out of time and we only have a couple minutes here. If not, we're, we'll never get to the next questions. Uh, next question comes from Terry, and uh, Terry wants to know, why do aliens probe the butt? Well, really, Terry? I mean. Mm-hmm. You had to get that question in. Yeah, I had to get that question. Thank you, you Terry. Had to get that question in. All right, I let's just move that, to the next question. I wonder question that too. Only. I wonder that I would, too. I, I don't even want to address that question. That's just you know. It's the closest silly. way without leaving marks to get to, without leaving external marks to get to reproductive organs. I guess. Uh, next question from Royce. He wants to know uh, <laughs> from what uh, he wants to know uh, to both of you. Well, he said to the both of you, you didn't know Nancy was going to be on, I guess. But he says to the both of you, and Nancy, I guess you'll be included. Uh, what would you do if an alien actually knocked on your window? Oh, like Stan Romanek. Right. Well, I don't know. Is he selling Girl Scout cookies? Oh, I'd say yes. <laughs> well, that would be a good cover. Wouldn't that be a cool yeah. story? Personally, I would go outside and uh, ask him if he could take me for a ride on his UFO as long as he didn't probe me in the butt. It would be the worst nightmare of my life. I Haven't you ever had real nightmares no. about aliens coming down? How, how's that a nightmare? That's what I live for, man. For me, it's, for man. Me it's been a nightmare Dude, always. I'll tell you, no. you, know, you watch that movie Skyline, and that, that, that will freak you out a little bit. Um, it, the, it's there's a, movie. a new Guys, there's a new Dark Skies, which is really kind of weird. It's just about... Um, a, a normal family. Carrie Russell plays the mom. And um, have you seen this, guys, on the movies? It's a new Dark Skies. It's nothing to do with the Dark Skies we used to I know. remember Dark Skies, the TV series. No, this is brand new movie from this past year. No, and no, no. no. <clears throat> I, I saw part of it. It wasn't that good, but anyway. It was not bad, though, because uh, it, wasn't good. it stuck with the storyline of a family falling apart because they didn't know what to think was going on. And then eventually, you know, they, the point of this story is they took a child, which usually Steven Spielberg never goes to that extreme i thought that was it was it a spielberg movie or no um no no, no, no it wasn't but no anyway. but he's kind of the late yeah all right we're almost out of time here let's see the next uh one more that was of course from uh from royce <coughs> okay there okay go, royce next one uh is from uh sid he wants to know what sort of drugs should i take in order to see aliens well if i had the answer to that uh, sid. i know that answer jesus oh she's got the answer Bing. no dmt dmt yeah. No, but I uh, know DMT. I don't think would. would no, make read, you the see read, read the book. Read the book. I thought I don't that's know. parallel dimensions, not aliens. Nuh-uh. Yeah. guys, you should read that book called DMT: The Spirit Molecule. Get the Kindle and read it. Yeah, but I don't know if they're actually yes, showing you aliens. Two it or might three be chapter. Like, no, no, no. But it could be a hallucination Nuh-uh. in your mind. That read. doesn't prove anything. DMT doesn't prove you see aliens. It just means no. you're hallucinating. You're wrong. It's like having a dream. It's like Nuh-uh. having a dream. Nancy. You have to that's read the book. It it's not like that at all. I don't believe you are so wrong. But you've I never done it. How can you be right? Because I read the book. That doesn't mean it's right. So you know how many they, people, you know how many people lie in books? No, no. Guys, Jesus. this is in a laboratory setting. This guy got a grant to study ayahuasca, uh, the, the active ingredient, which is DMT. And he was able to inject it in people into different uh, levels. You know, no DMT, a placebo, half, a little tiny bit, or the, the full dose. And he had a big group of people and and the book is really fascinating and they because, all saw aliens no at a certain they all saw dose aliens. yes they all saw aliens. all right we, ha- we have to go yeah. we're we're wrapping up we're two we're a minute over already so uh that's the last question uh from sid uh again try <laughs> dmt read the book yeah uh, oh oh read yeah don't try dmt read the book first no you can't there even you get it you have to be you have to have been part of stanford research for example they got it it's, it's a highly you know if, if walter gotta White go gotta go, go guys gotta hmm? go gotta go okay <laughs> gotta go 
folks, it has been great. We'll see you. It's been fun. Next week. Keith is, Keith is like, why are you still on the air? Gotta go. Okay. Gotta really, go hey guys, <laughs> we can keep talking. We can. Because we have PSN too. Yes, don't do, forget, this conversation can continue going, and you can just download the yeah, extra-long podcast later. Yeah, but it's yeah. not going to happen because i got to go to bed. So good okay. night, everybody. Well-